Hello and welcome. My name's Jack and welcome to my Nostalgia Podcast. This is Jack's Throwback Attack. So I have with me now a familiar face to television for many years, which includes being part of the presenting team of not only How, but How To as well, as well as presenting the local news in the Meridian region and more recently hosting Murder Casebook. It's Fred Darnage. Hello. Hello, Jack. How are you? Not too bad. Thank you, yourself. Good. How's, how's life in God's chosen city? <laughs> it's, it's not too bad at the moment. Good. Good. Yes, I started on the very first How, the original How, which started in 1966. Wow. Which was the brainchild of a, a very, very outstanding broadcaster called Jack Harpies. It was originally going to... We did a pilot show for a, what was originally going to be an adult programme, funnily enough, um, and on the sort of pilot programme we did, I got absolutely everything wrong. I was knocking things over. Everything was utter chaos. There was even a small fire. Um, and so then he came back and said, we're going to do six of these programmes for children, see how it goes on the network, which is lovely. Um, so I thought, I've really got to, I've really got to improve on this. So, so I really stopped the joking around on the first, first programme. And I was really serious and I, I concentrated like mad and, I thought I'd done really well. And afterwards, Jack took me on one side and said, Fred, you, you've got it all wrong. I, I said, no, Jack, I've got it right. He said, no, you didn't, Fred. He said, you were hired to be the Pratt, um, the, the fool on the programme. So uh, so I thought, fine, typecasting, because I'm naturally a clumsy sort of person. So I just reverted to type and got everything wrong, and it seemed to go down quite well. And that show lasted in the end until, oh, I think... Um, Oh, 1979, 1980. So it lasted for years, and it was wonderful fun. And then amazingly enough, a few years later, up came How To, with originally Gareth, Gareth Jones, Gaz Top as he was in those days, and Carol Waterman was on the first couple of series. So, uh, And that ran for a few more years as well. So How and How To has been very much part of my life, really, and I've, I've loved every minute. Sounds like it was a lot of fun, really, and uh, despite being clumsy, it worked, and uh, you had many happy years. Oh, it's fantastic. I, we used to sit in that set, both on How and How To, and I think to myself, this is unbelievable. Um, I'm having such fun, and I'm getting paid for it. You know, not a fortune, but it, lovely. It, it couldn't have been better. It, it was getting paid for enjoying yourself, Jack, and uh, what more can you ask? You can't really ask for more than that, can you, really? No. Um, yeah, so you, you've had a career that's spanned over 50 years. Um, that's that's quite yes. incredible. Brian Connolly, the comedian, said on uh, on our nighttime show down here in the South uh, a couple of years ago, he said, it's amazing, Fred, anyone could have lasted so long with so little talent. Uh, harsh but fair. <laughs> I think he was joking. I hope he was. I hope he was as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so out of... Out of the two, the original How and, and How To, um, do you have a, a favourite, a preference, or were both of them as enjoyable as each other? They were as enjoyable as each other in, in different ways. I mean, How To was much more scientific, um, some very ambitious uh, items as well. Um, I love both programmes, to be honest. I, I couldn't pick between the two, and I, I wish it would come back as How 3. And this time, I, I would be Jack Hargreaves, of course. The yeah. The man of the team. <laughs> I said to uh, Gareth actually in, in the other interview, I said it'd be, it would be fantastic if it came back for for a new generation, especially with, you know, how technologically advanced we are now since the original How To uh, finished. Well, I would love it. I keep dropping hints to the uh, controllers at ITV, but uh, 
so far no good, but you never know how three might yet come back, hopefully before I'm in a care home. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Um, so uh, across the uh, two shows, was there ever a how that you did that sticks in mind as a, as a favourite? The one I will never forget, although it wasn't a favourite, but it was, it's still shown now on YouTube and various, it'll be all right on the nighttime programmes. Years and years ago, in the original How, we did this How called How Can You Always Float in the Dead Sea? Because, of course, the Dead Sea is full of salt. So what they did was they built this huge tank, like a sort of mini swimming pool in the studio, and they filled it full of salt. And they dropped me into it from a great height, wearing a pair of Speedos at the time because they were fashionable. Uh, I dropped into it, and unfortunately, they'd stuck so much salt in this blooming tank that I sank straight to the bottom. I couldn't. I was trapped in this salt, and I couldn't get out. Um, and for a few seconds, it looked and felt as though I was actually drowning in the blooming thing until they realized I was on the bottom and couldn't get out. And they finally fished me out uh, in one piece, thankfully. Um, but that was the how, which even... I can remember even even now, it's coming back to me as I'm talking to you, being stuck on the bottom of this tank. Um, so I was almost the first person to drown in the Dead Sea. That sounded like it was quite scary. It was. It was. But there were lots of other incidents, but that is the one that sticks most clearly in my mind. Yeah, I imagine with uh, a show like that where you're doing lots of demonstrations, lots of experiments, mishaps and accidents happened all the time. They did. And with Jack, Jack Hargreaves, the original inventor of, of the original Howl, um, Jack always smoked a pipe. He's the only person I've ever met who was allowed to smoke in the studio. And Jack always said, well, it's a prop. Uh, I've got to have this pipe because everybody, like on all the countryside programs he did, like Out of Town, which ran for years, he was always smoking a pipe. So he'd come in the studio with a pipe lit. And lots of the shows in those days were live. So he'd have one going in his mouth and a couple more in his pocket all loaded up, uh, ready for when the first one ran out. So you'd see him stick the pipe in his pocket when the first one he thought had run out and light up another one. Unfortunately for him and for us, often the one he'd stuck in his pocket hadn't quite gone out. So suddenly you'd look down, because Bunty James, who was the original female presenter, and I would look down and we'd see this little fire coming from Jack's pocket. Um, he was actually on fire. Uh, so you'd see a scene hand crawling across the ground with a jug of water, which when the camera was off Jack, he'd then pour it in Jack's pocket and put him out. Uh, and that happened on more than one occasion, which explained why Jack Argus never had a jacket which didn't have pockets that didn't match. I suppose it was the, the days before health and safety, really. And, and I, I often wonder, actually, could, could a show like How or How To be done in this day and age of health and safety the same way it was back then? Well, you'd have to have lots of people with fire extinguishers around, but I'm, I'm sure it could be done. I'm sure it could be done. And if anyone from ITV management is listening now, I'm free and, and relatively inexpensive. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure that you'll be the uh, the first person they contact. <laughs> I hope so, Jack. I really hope so. Definitely be great if you come back. I mean, like I said, um, when Howe finished in the early 80s, I bet you didn't think for a minute it would come back, and not only that, run for just as long as the original show, something like 15, yes. 16 years. Yes, it did. No, I couldn't believe it. And uh, and on the, on the sort of reintroduction of Howe as Howe 2, um, again, it was a lot of fun. Uh, Gareth was extraordinary because he was the sort of daredevil of the team. 
um, Carol Vorderman, who was later replaced by other equally talented ladies. Uh, and the show just ran and ran and ran. And it was just it was just fantastic. It really was. Did look like great fun. Actually, Gareth told me an amusing story about a cuttlefish that you never let him uh, forget about. No, because we, these cuttlefish mustn't be disturbed. Otherwise, they let off all this ink, which uh, completely obliterates them. And uh, Gareth, unfortunately, I think he did he bang against the cuttlefish tank. Certainly, he made a loud noise and the uh, cuttlefish let off the ink. And uh, it was some hours, I think, before we managed to record that particular item, as I recall. But uh, Gareth had become me. Um, he'd become the kind of uh, joker of the team. Um, and that was a... The producer wasn't too happy about it, but we got over it. Yeah, I'm sure uh, there was lots of backups and that kind of thing happens uh, quite regularly in the world of television. It does, it does. Mishaps all the time. And it's how you deal with them. But we always had a laugh about it. And uh, that's what it, that's why people... To this day, people come up to me in the street and raise the right hand and say, How? Um, they always think they were the first. Um, if I had a pound for every time that someone had said how to me in the street, I'd be a rich man. But I never, people say to me, oh, don't you get sick of that? And I said, no, I'll never get sick of it. One day they won't do it anymore and I'll be really hacked off. Definitely. I'm, I'm sure if I crossed you in the street, I'd probably do exactly the same. I'm pleased to hear it, Jack. I'm <laughs> pleased to hear it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, aside from how and how to, did you present any other children's programmes? Um, I'm trying to think. I don't think I did. I think, oh, originally, the first show I ever did um, on Southern Television in 1964 uh, was a program called Three Go Round, which was me and two girls. Um, I remember it quite well. It was like a forerunner of, of Blue Peter, if you like. And um, the two girls, one of them was called um, Diane Keane, who went on to become uh, a very famous actress. Uh, and is still acting to this day. And the other was a girl called Britt Allcroft, who uh, never really wanted to be a performer. She always wanted to be a producer. And she eventually got the rights to Thomas the Tank Engine, uh, which she produced for many years. And she's now a multimillionaireess uh, living, I think, in Los Angeles. So of the three of us, you could say I was the one that didn't quite make it. Well, you did in, in your own way. <laughs> yes, in my own small way. Yeah. But, uh, I've had a lifetime out of out of TV jack and uh, uh i'm really grateful i've loved every minute you know fantastic stuff uh, the one thing i have to mention as well um a couple of years ago there was um a program on the on itv and it was about citv's 30th anniversary and uh, i recall you and gareth were interviewed for the show and i have to say actually that was probably my favorite part of the documentary because both of you seem to have such fantastic fondness and, and happy memories of the show it was really i think it was my favorite part of that whole program well i must say working with him uh, gareth was was such a joy he's such a an incredibly talented young man um and we got on really really well uh, we became such good friends which doesn't always happen you know obviously in in any kind of any kind of business but we we really did become very good friends and still are uh, to this day and um, these days he does some acting as well so I, I still see him you know lovely memories definitely and uh, what was it like working with um, Gail McKenna as well who presented alongside you for quite a, a while oh Gail was absolutely brilliant she was a because it to replace uh, Carol Vorderman was no uh, easy task um, 
I think a couple of other girls did did try, but not quite didn't quite work. Um, but then along came Gail, and she was uh, outstanding, absolutely outstanding. She really understood the whole ethos of of how and how to, and uh, she was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, the the other girls you mentioned between Carol and Gail was there was um, Sean Lloyd and Gail Porter, if I remember right. Yes, both lovely ladies. I've seen um, Sean Lloyd recently on, uh, oh, I can't think what it's called, but they're the, the sort of half a dozen ladies uh, in Greece, I think, um, looking for love. Um, and that, <clears throat> that's very watchable. She was a lovely lady. Um, and Gail Porter, too, was, was just... Um, Oh, they're all great presenters, Jack, you know. I was lucky to work with them all. You do seem uh, very, very proud of the show, both both versions. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, very lucky, very lucky indeed. Fantastic stuff. Well, um, I want to ask you more about uh, your more recent projects since uh, How To. And obviously you've been a presenter on the news for quite a number of years, haven't you? Yes, I've done... Um... It's a show called ITV Meridian. Um, it, it's a six o'clock show in the uh, in the south of uh, England. You've got Central TV where you are, uh, Bob Warman and Co. Yeah. Um, I've been doing that for over thirty years. Um, I'm still doing it to this day, and uh, still enjoying live TV. You know, at six o'clock uh, in the south of England. Um, plus, I got very lucky and um, um, done various sort of uh, crime programs for Sky as well. Uh, murder case book and um, the evil killers etc so uh, it's been quite a varied um, a varied selection of programs really I've been very lucky definitely I was going to touch upon the documentaries actually because I've watched quite a number of them and they're, they're still being aired now and uh, it was only last week I was watching one and I, I can't remember who it was about now but I was watching one and I turned to my mother and I said isn't it funny? I grew up watching him doing children's television, and now he's doing programs about serial killers. That's a change in direction. It was, and um, and it still is because I'm still <coughs> still doing those programs to this day. Um, and that really began. Um, I wrote the uh, the autobiography of the Cray twins, Reggie and Ronnie Cray, oh about thirty odd years ago. Um, and really, the whole crime thing started because of that, you know. Um, and that be- that just became uh, that that started completely by accident uh, because we'd done a an item on uh, on uh, the six o'clock news program in the south that time it was TVS Television South the program was called Coast to Coast and um, we did this story about um, a dad he lived at Gosport in Hampshire and his daughter had had a, a life saving transplant and he wanted to show his appreciation of the hospital by raising money for them to buy equipment they couldn't get on the NHS. Um, so we, we, we ran this story, and uh, a few days later, I got a letter um, stamped HMP Parkhurst, and uh, in it was a, a letter from uh, Reggie Cray, one of the infamous uh, gangsters in the East End of London uh, in the 50s and early 60s. And uh, Reggie said, oh, we, we watched the program at uh, Parkhurst, and uh, uh, I was very moved by this uh, story of the father raising money. We've got lots of talented artists in Parkhurst Prison. I could get you some paintings. They could be auctioned and uh, raise some money uh, for this particular charity. And sure enough, uh, a few uh, weeks later, half a dozen paintings arrived, really good ones, plus one done by Reggie himself of two boxers in a ring which was fairly amateurish to look at, but 
that was the one that sold and resold many times over the years. And um, that particular auction, which was called the Rogues Gallery, raised thousands of pounds for that particular charity. And I got another letter from Reggie Cray saying, oh, would you come and see me sometime in Parkhurst, which was a, an invitation you couldn't refuse. And uh, I met him and uh, we got on well. And uh, he said, me and my brother, Ronnie, are looking for someone to write our, our autobiography. Do you know anybody who can do it? And uh, I found, I've never written a book before, but I found myself saying, well, I could do it. And uh, eventually, after about three years, I, I wrote their, uh, their life story. And really, the crime programs came uh, as a result of, of that. So it's been a, a fairly varied sort of uh, fairly varied sort of life, really. Very varied, and what a story! That, that's incredible. So you become good friends with them over time. Yes, we we became uh, good friends, and uh, obviously when I knew them, they were slightly uh, older gentlemen by then. But um, um, I spent a lot of time with both Reggie and Ronnie. Reggie in Parkhurst and various other prisons, and uh, and Ronnie in. Uh, Broadmoor Hospital in uh, in Berkshire, um, so we, we spent a lot of time together, and uh, eventually the book the book was written. That is an incredible career, very varied. Well, I've enjoyed it, Jack. You know, and uh, and the icing on the cake is I get to talk to people like you and uh, and tell them all about it. Oh, thank you very much, and uh, let's hope it continues for many more years. God bless you, Jack. And that, as a, a very old presenter used to say, is how. For now.